Okay, AC, I seem to recall that in our last episode, we made a solid gold promise to our fans. Solid gold. That we would investigate and get back to them on who Dig Dug was fucking. Yep. To produce the spawn of Dig Dug, Mr. Driller. Yep. And I have it on good authority that Uh Mr. Driller's mother is Masuyo Kissy Toby. Um... A supporting character in the Mr. Driller series. Uh, she's Japanese. Okay, yep. Yeah. Well, with a name like that, if she, if you know, she was from Tasmania, I'd be asking questions. And uh, apparently, she wears a yellow long-sleeved shirt and an orange skirt. So, so there that's, you go. That's that's. Uh, we can we can probably stop the podcast now because that was the only reason that people were tuning yeah. in. So just just imagine. I literally thought you were going to say like the test came back and I was the father or the mother <laughs> or something. I don't know. I was fucking dig dug. <laughs> it would be more funny if if I did say something like that, but instead I just went with the facts because what I'm I don't know about you, AC, what yeah. you do on this show. Uh-huh. Well, but I like to inform and educate our listeners. That is that is not my role on this show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what your role What is your role? What is my role? Show? I don't even have a role. I don't need to be here. I'm leaving. Do the podcast yourself. I don't care anymore. He's actually leaving. Right. Well, okay. He's gone. So, uh... It's it's Rob and Rob. It's the Rob show with Rob and Rob, R- rocking and rolling, all Rob all day. We're live and I just wanted to see how far you'd get <laughs> with your own show. So turns so, out not very far. Not very far at all. No. Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 26 of Game Life Balance Australia. I am your effervescent host, Robert Bailey. One day I'll figure out what effervescent actually means. But until then, I'm joined, as always, by the world's foremost authority on the mating rituals of pandas, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. You ever tried to, like, make your own panda porn? I haven't... No. I've got, like, two suits, okay? Okay. Okay, they're just basically... You know those big sumo suits? I just painted them black and white. Right. <laughs> and then and then I just, like, painted my 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 face, like, white and black, and uh, then I was chased out of town. You know, if, if I was a panda... And pandas, it turns out, <laughs> find that really sexy. I was just about to say, if I was a panda, I'd, be over, I'd have a massive hard-on right now. <laughs> but I don't. So, just, for, I think, just, for, just to be clear, yeah. I, I, I don't. <laughs> Not not unless I wear the suit. <laughs> I think I think we've already discovered the name of this episode. Panda's massive hard on. God. And yeah. you said it, not me. Yeah. I am the innocent party in all of I this. I know, I know. You and your I, filthy language, used, your filthy mouth, sir. I, I used the. Fr- <laughs> he pulled up in front of the the judge. He used the phrase "hard on," Your Honor. <laughs> not only that, but it was in conjunction with pandas. Pandas? How dare you, sir? 
Everyone loves pandas. My, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, but now I've just. Uh, so I, I mean, what? How can I besmirch the good name of the panda with my lurid content? Okay, okay so we'd be talking about panda hard-ons, right? Yeah. Imagine what that actually looks like. <laughs> you know what I'm. I, I, you we're, know not, I, we're not recording this again. We're not starting again, Rob. No, no, no. I was just going to say, because this is where my mind went. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, like, it would be very easy. It would be very easy to yeah. imagine a big raging stiffy. But what I imagined was this kind of, like, sad little, like, like imagine, like, a little toe yeah. sticking out of, like, a really big furry body. Just, like, a little... Yeah, exactly. Just a little... A little floopy doop. Just a <laughs> floopy doop. Okay, so it's like pandas, pandas raging stiffy. Yeah. Or pandas floopy doop. <laughs> That's why the, this is why this species is just not. So basically, what you're saying is that their evolutionary line is about to die out. Yeah. Because of their little floopy doops. Because they look, they just haven't, they haven't got what it takes, you know. But I, but I'll tell you what. Yep. I'm very happy yep. to forward all of the dick pill emails I get. Directly to the pandas, and I'm uh, happy. I'm happy to provide that service, <laughs> which is it's probably for the best because all those come from China anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it all you know, it all sort of works out. Really. So speaking of big raging stiffies, <laughs> yes. Which, which, let's face it, this show tends to open with that quite a lot these days. <laughs> it tends to, to no fault yeah. of my own. Yeah, that's true. That's no, true. No, it's it's you know, you're the host. Yeah. I, I just follow along. And often say the first thing that comes into my head. I'm coming to this grim realization that that everything that I hate about the show is my own creation. It's like it's my own doing. I'm not even real. I'm just like yeah. I'm just like he's, a personality. This really is head. the Robin to Rob show. <laughs> it actually really is. He's a puppet that I made, a very realistic looking puppet. <laughs> but all those YouTube videos, I just want you to remember that my arm is really right up in there. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I feel it, baby. It's just, I feel your arm up there all the time. I'm just up to the shoulder in... <laughs> AC goodness. <laughs> so, with that out of the way... Yeah, no, I'm... I'm that, just, next time I go in for an x-ray, that's going to look really weird. By the way... Like, we've got some really weird news for you, Andrew. By the way, AC, I, I lost my watch the other week. So. <laughs> that's my watch now, all buddy. All I'm saying is... <laughs> is that fine? That's how it works. <laughs> Which is funny because I have got got a new watch now. <laughs> the lore. It's the lore of the jungle. I watched Jungle Book recently, so yep. I think I think my takeaway from that is that that's that's how it works. Hey Rob, smell my wrist. No. no. <laughs> okay, so today we are playing Parodius. Let's, let's move on from this. I tried. I tried to let's escape. Go, let's get serious for yes. a minute. Yes. Let's get really serious about serious shooters. Serious video games. Yes. Parodius. God damn, I love alcohol. <laughs> you said that just before we went on. Are we, and it wasn't... Are, like, we, are we recording? We're recording now. Oh, but because it just... Like, you, there was no prompting for that. It was yeah. just it was just like a deep sigh that came with from within your soul. <sighs> you just went, oh, I love alcohol. <laughs> it's the only way I can tolerate Andrew's presence. <laughs> it, just, it just makes everything easier. So at the end of last 
uh, episode mm-hmm. afterwards, mm-hmm. you and I actually ended up having a pretty serious production meeting yes. about you know what we're going to do, the the future of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we th- we we thought that maybe perhaps we should be you know a little bit less self indulgent, mm-hmm. and maybe we should uh, you know m- maybe take things a little bit more seriously. Yeah, uh, and you know it was a, it was a very long hour long discussion. Yeah. It was quite serious. Yeah, and then we started talking about panda stiffies. Yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm, uh, Maybe maybe what that says is that this this show it's never going to get better than what it is now. <laughs> like it's it's, oh, yeah. it's only going look okay. If you think that this is bad, then it's only going to get worse. <laughs> but if you think this is good, it's only going to get better. Well, I mean, I think even if it's even if you like this, it's probably still going to get worse. <laughs> Because I think what we're realizing is that like this is it, and like we're we're just gonna like <laughs> we're at the peak now. This is yeah. this is peak AC and Rob. Yeah, and we're not gonna try and make this any better. We're just gonna keep doing this over and over and over again until we're dead or you stop listening, whichever comes first. So. I don't think anyone is listening. I think that we're just <laughs> we're we're paying so much money for like hosting services and stuff, yeah. and nobody's clicking that download button. Yeah, well, you know, look, God, you can go elsewhere for your serious discussions of serious topics and like insightful views about video games. And, but we're, and panda porn. No, but but <laughs> no, this is your home. This is your home for. T- Panda penis discussion. <laughs> Speculations about what a panda penis might I look like. I like how like we both have the internet literally at our fingertips on our phones. And neither of us were game enough to look up look, what a panda genitalia actually looks like. I we think, just went, nope, 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 I nope, think nope, if nope. we're if we're genuinely honest with ourselves, AC. Yep. We'll both admit that yes, we have Googled some raw shit in our time. <laughs> but Panda penises is probably where I draw the line. You know it's, what I mean? You know like, what the best thing about that is? It means that there is a line. There is a line we're not we're not going to cross. Religion? Oh, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. You know, good taste? Out the door. Yeah. But, uh, you know... I don't want Google to know... Panda that. dicks? I don't want Google Whoa. to think that I possibly am super into panda penises. So... Oh, Google already knows. So, Parodius... Parodius is a game, yes. a gamey game that games. Yes. <laughs> Back to Panda. That was, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so Parodius, first of all, uh, is actually a portmanteau of parody and Gradius. Yeah, that's right. So it was originally intended to be, um, well, sort of, it started off as a game for the MSX, but it spawned this this whole series of games that are basically jokes, or it's sort of a combination of like. Like a joke and also a loving tribute mm. to itself to shooters, yeah, to the whole shooter genre, really, and and um, you know everything that that is entailed in that. But also, but there's a few games in particular that that Parodius um, is is kind of mimicking, I guess. Yeah, so I mean, it, it is a love letter to shooters. But but mm. first of all, we'll clarify two things. Number one, if you don't know what an MSX is, mm-hmm. um, it is a it is a a Japanese computer standard that was uh, actually partly developed by Microsoft. I think it had Microsoft software on it, some mm-hmm. some form of basic. Sure. From the 1980s, and these computers, uh, I suppose you could kind of think of it like a, a C64, a little bit more powerful, I think. Hmm. Um. And basically, it had a cartridge slot in there as well, so you could buy games. And it had like key a keypad on the on the computer itself. Mm-hmm. And these were very prolific back in the eighties. Yeah. And this is where Konami actually released a lot of their games, as well as the original Famicom yeah. as well. I want to say the original Metal Gear. It is that was is an MSX title. An MSX yeah. game. Yeah. Konami was a big publisher on that. 
Yeah. Uh, there was even a Castlevania game on there as well. Yeah, so... Dracula a lo- X. A lot of these really, really popular Something. franchises that a lot of people in the West associate with the NES actually got their start on the MSX. Yeah. And Proteus is, is, is one of those. Proteus never really made the crossover to the West in a big way. Not in a big it? way. I think there there were... Maybe one or two games that made it a, across. A few games made it across, but... I, I don't mean, know for sure. I can't speak with authority on that. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit difficult because... I think I think a few did, but it's it's on so many platforms, and it's a very Japanese centric yes. sort of game. So it is a horizontal shooter, like Gradius. Yes, it's a horizontally scrolling, so left to right, mm. the screen scrolling. You're shooting, you're moving up and down, you're dodging bullets. It's not a bullet hell. It's more like what you termed it, like a cute em up. Didn't yeah, cute em up. Yeah. So it's a sh- it's a cute shoot em up, mm-hmm. and uh, another. So another cute em up by Konami is Twin Bee, which is yes. heavily referenced in this game. Yeah, Twin Bee seems to be a very big source of inspiration mm. for Parodius. So. But Twin Bee, however, is a vertical shooter. Yeah, that's right. So that's a big difference. Mm. Um, and they actually took some of the power up system from Twin Bee. I think uh, Konami actually took power up systems from everything. So the mm. the power up, the normal power ups you get in Parodius mm-hmm. is uh, what you, the kind of power ups you get in Gradius. Yeah. So and you can actually use the Gradius ship you can use a twin bee ship you can use a little octopus mm-hmm. um and i think you can use a penguin as well that's the original parodius yeah um and uh parodius dart which was the arcade version which was also ported to uh the famicom uh-huh and i think i think that's the super famicom version as well yeah the, the timeline is a little strange for parodius it's not just one game mm-hmm. it's a series of games yeah the one that i think most people are familiar with is probably parodius da or which is basically translates into english as it's parodius yeah um parodius but the, da but the full name is it's parodius mm. From myth to comedy or something myth like that? Myth to laughter. From myth to laughter, mm. yeah, yeah. So, basically, it's it's drawing on a lot of shooters that have come before it. It's also drawing on, like, this rich seam of Japanese absurdist humour, which is something it that... Is, it, it is very Dada-esque, yeah, actually. Like, yeah. in, like, when you see something weird... And it's not necessarily funny. It's just weird. So it's like um, there is a. It's it's certain. It's kind of surrealism without an actual point. Sometimes. Yeah. It's 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 kind of like confusing for the sake of being confusing. And yeah. a lot of the comedy because this is this is primarily a game that's intended to make you laugh. I think. Hmm. I mean, it's a it's a decent enough shooter in its own right. So we'll get to like like criticizing the game a bit later, but. I think what it offers mainly is this kind of very colourful art style and this very irreverent, silly, funny um, sort of... um, It's got this flair to it, you know? It really does. Yeah. You know what's funny is that it did... it, it, the the color palette itself actually really reminds me of the Master System. Mm. It's like mm. really bright, popping colors. Yes. Um, and it, it, this was released on Famicom, and of course on Famicom it was quite dulled. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it doesn't look, you know, because the Famicom color palette is actually not not a particularly bright color palette. But it um, it has been released on many 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 uh, consoles and arcades. So the first one. For the MSX was actually called uh, the Octopus Saves the Earth. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think the the primary uh, protagonist in that was an octopus. Yeah, which is interesting because in the later stories, and I lose that I use that term very loosely. <laughs> yes, 
the octopus seems to be the antagonist. The baddies. He's yeah. kind of the baddie, like, kind of orchestrating, you know, trying to rob people and get treasure and look up sexy girls' dresses and, and the like. Yeah, there's a lot of... It's, it's it's very vague. I think the plot of these of these games is is um, you know you can look it up, you can read mm. about the plot, but I think the plot is very much secondary to what's really happening in these games, which is a lot. Just it's just a very visually um, overwhelming uh, kind of kind of like a assault on your senses with all the color, all the movement, the jokes, the um, the the nonsensical kind of what you're, what you're seeing on the screen is things like Easter Island heads. And pieces of candy, and and like like but sexy the, ladies. Yeah, so the Easter Island heads are wearing sunglasses. There's like ladies yeah. in baths. Yeah. There's like pirate ships with a cat's head on the front. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like cat related mm. imagery it, there. There's a, a very much a, a Japanese kind of absurdist theme running through this. So there's there's some cultural things that um, unless. You know a bit about Japanese culture. You don't really understand. Yeah, and I found myself asking you a lot of questions that, that mm. you struggle to answer. So there is a there is a raccoon with yeah. massive testicles where you have to shoot him in the testicles. Yeah, and you think, oh, they'll never allow that. But in Japan, that's a thing. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's like a it's like a mythical, even not that mythical. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like raccoon um, tanuki. Where they do have big testicles in all of the iconography, right? Right. It's, it's this. I think that I think there might be shape changes. I I can't remember the full mythology of, of that particular beast. So that's kind of what they're saying with the title of the game. From from myth to what do they call it? From, from myth to laughter. So from myth yeah. to laughter. Yeah. Um, is the arcade? Uh, we've played that. Mm-hmm. We've actually finished that. Yeah. Now it's fun. It's funny. Uh, it's it's very reverent. Mm. Um, the only problem with it is that it's one player. Yeah, and this yeah. is. I don't know about you, but this screams two-player to me. Yeah, you know because jokes are funnier when they're shared. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's why we enjoyed some of the other titles a bit more. So today we played through a couple of Parodius mm-hmm. games. We've, we've played through Parodius Dart, the first one on yes. on my uh, main arcade. Yeah. Today we also played through Sexy Parodius. Oh yeah, which is actually Giddy. it's funny because. When you hear the term sexy parodius, you you sort of think, oh, this is going to be one of those games where, you know, when you get a certain number of points or achieve a certain number of objectives, then you get to see, like, the clothes taken off a lady or something. It's not really like that. It's more It's more just, well, like, It's cutesy. a parody of that. It's kind of like, like, imagine if, if it was just regular parodius with all its absurdist humor, and then you insert a certain amount of kind of, like, Sweet-natured Playboy bunny, yeah, kind of, kind of to you it. know, very light titillation, yeah, like you know, women in bathtubs so- soaking themselves, yeah, and then all of a sudden you'll come across like a big fat man soaking himself as well, yeah, like it's, in, and it's not actually very like it's not grotesque, it's it's kind of it's sexy in it's that all sort very of, like anime funny yeah. way and like kind of. Like, and there is yeah. a scene where there's a bit of a boss rush, three bosses in a row, and mm. the tiles in the background get moved, and you see, like, a woman, mm-hmm. and then you see a hint of pink there, and you think, oh, we might actually see something here. You might see a nipple here. Oh, yeah, but it was actually just a clamshell, so they yeah. kind of tricked you there as well. Yeah. Uh, and you blow up the sexy woman at the end, and then she's just got, like, hair everywhere, like, in all different directions, and feeling very sorry for herself. So it's kind of like, it's funny, that that game... I thought it would be a lot more risque than it actually was, but it turned out to be kind of like sexy in that kind of cute, sweet way. Okay, that kind of you know? anime. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, but that's the whole idea. It's still a parody. It's still parodious. So, of course, they, they, they couldn't just go, f- you know, full horny on people. Yeah, that would have been a bit weird, actually. So, I think they, they, hit, they hit sort of the I right th- bar. They with did. That. Now, towards yeah. the end of that game, it gets quite difficult. And the other problem is that it. 
there's too much happening on the screen. Yes. Because the colours are so vibrant that you actually have start having trouble seeing where your character is and what they're doing, especially if you're overpowered. Yeah, definitely. And everything's going everywhere and you don't know which, which you know, missiles are yours, which are, you know, bullets from somebody else, mm. uh, one of the enemies. In that one, you were the flying pig most of the time. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different characters. I can't remember all of them, but there's, there's, there's a lady there's riding a missile. Yep, that, that's my character. I'm usually yeah. the... Because I take point in these games. The scantily clad lady who's sort of like, you know, her thighs are clamped around a missile. It's pretty obvious what the... You know, what's symbolism, being, yeah. It's what's symbolism, yeah. She's a funny girl. She's like, she's wearing a uh, bikini. Yeah, and so, you know, she she rides a missile around the level. Um, There's a, a pig with a, a halo. And wings. So when like he a- dies, he turns into a ham as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's like a flying angel pig thing. There's, um, gosh, what else is there? What other characters do we have? There's there's, there's, there's actually the twin bee. There's, there's one of the, the twin bees. There's, just- there's the Gradius ship. Yep. I think there's the octopus in there as well. Yeah. Um, there's a penguin. You can be a penguin and yeah. you can be a blob. The penguin reminds me a lot of King DDD from... It uh, does, yes. It, it's not King DDD because that's Nintendo. But and before a, then, but it looks... It looks a lot like King yeah. DDD. And yeah. the blob looks like a lot like a pure, a pure, pure blob. Or, yeah. You know, a, Bean bean machine, but it could just be any of those sort of random like slime enemies from Japanese RPGs, you know? Like, yeah, there's a lot of slime type enemies in in those games. So, um, so there's a lot of sort of like you know quirky characters you can play as. But and I, I I like the and they all bring something different. Like they're not just they're not just uh, sprite swaps, you know? Yeah, they, you know because I was because you're the woman on the missile, you you just mostly fire forward, mm. which is why I take point. You had the spread, so you were back firing in all directions. Yeah. And I think we made a pretty good team doing that. I think it's really important to mention that, like, we're doing as good a job as we as we can, as anyone really can, of trying to describe this game to you. But it's very difficult to describe because it is so surreal. You probably ought to look up a screenshot if you really want to know what this game is like, just to get a vibe for what it looks like. It's very... It's very much like like anime and video game and weird and funny and like for example you'll be you'll be like cruising through space with your like angel pig and then a bunch of Easter Island heads will fly at you but one of them will have sunglasses and one of them will be smoking a cigar and one of them will be like a piece of candy and then they'll be like you know like it's it's so think, hard to describe. It's, yeah, just, it's very strange. There is actually yeah. so much going on that mm. you miss jokes a lot yeah. of the time. I think, yeah. and you know, and you you're trying to concentrate so much that uh, you know the the big bosses at the end, like you know the um, Tanuki with the big testicles mm. and uh, pandas in tutus and pirate ship cats and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think our favorite version of the game is the one on the Saturn. Yeah, we played the Saturn version, um, and we played a. a, a there's two modes on the Saturn version of Parodius. Is it Parodius Da? Is what's, what's yeah, Parodius Da is the other one. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the bonus game on on that one, I suppose you could say. Yeah, I think. Uh, hmm, I'm not sure. We it's, played this alternate mode. Yeah, which um, was so. Really, this was really on fun. the Saturn Deluxe mode. It's kind of like a a combination of sexy Parodius mm. and Parodius Dart, the first one. Yeah, because there's still some sexiness. You can play basically the same characters in sexy Parodius, mm. but it's not quite the overtly kind of uh, you know goes down the sexy anime path. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah, but there's also you know a lot of the irreverence and the surreality of the original Proteus as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't want I don't want people listening to this to think that like these games are like you know it's not hentai. It's it's very much it's very much more like 
like cheeky kind of Benny Hill-esque kind if, of sexiness. Yeah, I, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. kind of how I would describe it is like if you've if you've if you've come in contact with like the erotic side of Japanese culture, this is not it's not really that. It's more like women in bikinis going, "Oh no, don't look at my boobies." It's it's kind of funny sexy, you know? Like it's not it's not like gross sexy. Do you know what I mean? And well there's grossness to it, but that's more like the big like, you know, like testicles yeah. on that like <laughs> you can't that get past beaver the thing or whatever. The raccoon. The yeah. raccoon, yeah, that was weird. But uh we I, I I'm very conscious that this sounds like we're just rambling nonsense, but it is, it is, strange it is nonsense in a lot yeah. of ways, and it's come out on so many different <clears throat> platforms. Um, so it's like arcade, MSX, uh, PS, uh, sorry, PC Engine, the PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, Super Famicom, original Famicom, Game Boy, Game Boy Color. It was on mobiles in mm. Japan as well. Um, uh, PS Portable, so the PlayStation Portable, PSP, and it's on the virtual console as well from time to time. I don't know whether it's always up there because Konami's kind of weird with this property. Yeah. Now, after all we've said, and yeah. you know, there are it's it's a series of games. Would you recommend this to someone? Look, I think I think I would. I think it's something that it's worth checking out because it is so different to everything else. And it's it's a very it's a very much like a I don't want to say very unique because that's such a redundant phrase, but it, it is a unique experience. And playing it playing it taps you into this this part of the Japanese culture that's not very well covered in the West, which is like the sense of humor and that sort of the silliness and the the love of like um, non sequiturs and and strange combinations of things that 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 is part of the japanese sense of humor so i really enjoy that because it reminds me like because i really enjoy like absurdist humor from like the western perspective like you know monty python for example and this game feels in a lot of ways it feels like you're playing a terry gilliam monty python interlude you know with like all that weird imagery and like animated strangeness just like women bouncing on trampolines with their boobs out and then like suddenly you're like exploding and like things are dying and there's a penguin rolling a block up a hill and then all of a sudden a pig with an eye patch comes down and like it's it's very it's very dreamlike and funny and a little bit titillating and and very surreal and i think it's it's worth experiencing just for that i think so like if you're a fan of shooters and especially if you're a fan of Konami shooters like Gradius, mm. I think you should play this game, at least one in the series. I don't think it really matters which one, because you get the measure of them pretty quickly. Yeah. I think it... Um, because I understand a bit about Japanese culture, I get a lot of the references in there as yeah, well. Yeah, whereas for me, it just seems very strange. Mm. But I enjoy but that. It is strange as well. Yeah. I mean, it's still a parody. Mm. But it's kind of like... I always thought of it like uh, something that from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like the infinite improbability drive. Yes. Whenever you turn that thing on, really weird things happen. Yes. Like, you know, missiles get turned into whales and pot plants and stuff like that. That's kind of what happens. It's like someone got Gradius and just like flipped the (laughs) the improbability drive. That's... That's a really good way of describing it. And then it just everything just went weird. Yeah. I, I'm very conscious of how we're struggling to describe this game and perhaps that that is kind of like what I want to take what what I want the listeners to take away from this is it's a game that kind of defies description and Yeah, so that's why you should yeah, play it. Like it's yeah. something you need to experience for yourself and 
if you can just like get a ROM of it, I mean, it might be a little bit difficult to get some of the originals now, but uh, mm. if you can play it, I th- I would recommend it, especially if you're a shooter fan and especially if you're a fan of like Japanese pop culture, because there's a lot of a lot of anime in there, and it, and Konami is very meta in this game. It references mm. itself so much, you know. It references itself all the way from games like oh, um, from Twin B to mm. Gradius, even like I think there's Castlevania references in there. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of little like little jokes, in jokes, um, like visual, like sight gags, and like the bosses are, are always really funny, really quirky. You know, it's. It's a good time. You know, even if you just play it for half an hour, put it away, never touch it again. You can you'll... say you've played Parodius. Yeah. So life and stuff and stuff in your life mm-hmm. and stuff your life, mate. Just stuff it. All right. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to sound really Australian then, and it doesn't come out right anymore. No. No. We don't sound very Australian. To Australians, we don't sound very no, Australian. No, we don't sound very... Like, people who listen to us go, Oh my God. Actually, I was on uh, Twitter and I was uh, I made a video recently about the Sega Lock-On, which is like a, a laser laser tag set from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I tweeted it out and some of the, the newer people who followed me mm-hmm. um, watched the video very kindly. And I think they may, may have even subbed and watched some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went, oh my God, I had no idea you're Australian. Yeah. And I went... Uh, we, but I, I have consistently said that I am in Australia. And they said, yeah, but we thought you were an American in Australia. <laughs> but my last name is Yoshimura. Yeah. Rah! Rah! It's just the way, it's just your way that people think that you're, you're Yeah, it's you're it's amazing how, like, how little subtext you can get from, like, 146 characters or whatever it is. Like, you, you can communicate so much yet so little it's on funny. Twitter. It's funny you say that because people often mis- think that I'm British. People mm. often mistake me for someone. Yeah, yeah, British. I've, I've certainly been mistaken for British. Yeah, so it seems that it seems that we um we give off this air of being anything other than Australian, <laughs> which is bizarre because this is the game life balance Australia. So yeah, I, the, so to the rest of Australia because we're in Canberra mm. and we're far superior than everyone else in Australia. <laughs> we we seem a little hoity, I suppose, but with good yeah. reason because mm. we're superior. Yeah. See, it's very... Ooh, thunder. I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but it's... Uh, you got to walk home. Oh, yay. That'll be fun. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, all right. So, what has been going on in your life recently? So, I mean, you've been pretty busy. Yeah, look, Just, there's not been a lot of time for games recently. It's, um, no, it's okay. Tell me about your life. What's been going on in, in, uh, in, in Rob Life 101? Sure. Very, very succinctly. Um... I've been working very hard. Work's been very busy recently because yep. we're a few staff short. Ooh, yes. So know the feeling. We've been sharing the load amongst our team at work. Um, that has led to me coming home feeling rather exhausted and tired. So, um, I think I think it's true that you need a certain amount of energy and enthusiasm to to really game to your fullest potential. I know? think that's very true, yeah. Uh, and when you're at a low ebb, like I've been recently, um, gaming is sort of not something that is your like first choice when you have free time. You'd rather, you know, watch TV or watch some YouTube videos or read a book or something. But so- something more passive mm. because playing games is kind of a more active um, uh, pursuit. So, yeah, not a lot of gaming has been done. Mainly just just life stuff. My wife has gone back to work, uh, not to work. 
she's gone back to study recently. So this, yeah, this so you were, you, were, you were telling us that she's actually been going back to get her Australian equivalent of her high school certificate. Now, That's of right. course, she has the English version, but mm-hmm. not now she's become an Australian citizen. Yeah. And she wants to pick up a couple of um, the more like hard science type subjects because mm. when she was studying in, in the UK, she did more humanities and like sort of, you know, more fluff type subjects. Um, whereas now what she wants to do is, is to potentially study something like IT, mathematics, uh, biology, um, genetics, these more hard sciences. And to do that, to get into uni... You need you need to have um, your grade twelve with um, with science or, or mm. mathematics or you know whatever, and that's so, something that we naturally did. Like we weren't even thinking about it. It was just mm. like if you want to go to university or if you want to do any of this stuff, you need to do these the minimum requirement of these subjects. And yeah. when we were in college, yeah. which is year eleven and twelve in Australia, not university, mm-hmm. uh, you had to get a certain amount of points. Uh, and then you, those points went towards your UAI or something like your yeah. university admission index. Yeah. So she's trying to get her um, her UAI. Like now they call it something else, like ATAR or something. Yeah. yeah. It's essentially the same thing. It's Can you remember the score you got? I got a ninety-two. That's really good. Which I'm very very proud of. Because I, I, there's so much I could say right now. Yeah. There is so much. But yeah, Rob uh, came to class a let's little just, under the weather sometimes. Let's, let's just say that I wasn't entirely with it. In year 11 and 12 in high school. So, um, the fact that I got a 92 UAI, despite being, shall we say... So, that's 92 uh, out of 100. Yeah, maybe under the influence of particular things. <laughs> Substances? Yeah, and, and the fact that I got... Life! The, it's like, you're high yeah, on life, Rob. That's right, I was high on life. <laughs> and drugs. No, wait! Ixnay <laughs> <laughs> on the maybe did drugs in high school, nay. Um... Yeah, so the fact that I got that score, um, despite having skipped classes and been inebriated from time to time, was um, a source of real irritation to my colleagues and my my compatriots. But um, yeah, Megzi um, didn't have a UAI quite high enough to study some of some of the um, the really high end sciences that she's in, she's interested in. Okay. So. She's interested in potentially doing genetics, which is, like, very demanding, actually. Yeah, it's... Um, um, y- you need a lot of, like, organic chemistry and biology and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And that's that's incredibly, incredibly interesting, but also incredibly difficult. Yeah, so she's looking at, at, at tailoring her um, her education to meet the requirements of, of um, studying that kind of thing at a university level. So, um, so she's been back studying for a week now, um, doing this sort of adult education type thing, um, getting her grade 12 through, um, our local, um, Institute of Technology. Mm, CIT. Uh, Institute of Technology, isn't that's it? That's right. Yeah. So she's, um, and she's doing units. it pretty hardcore because she's like going two days a week or something. And yeah. it's bo- basically doing... Two like year eleven and twelve within one year. That's right. It's an intensive course. It's cramming two years of study into one year. So she's gonna be pretty busy. Um, after only one week, obviously it's early days. Hmm. But I think it's I think it's gonna be good for us as a as a unit. You know, because Megs has been kind of more or less like a housewife slash slash mum for the last year, uh, looking after Ruby while I've been working, and this is sort of her opportunity now to put her energy and her time into something because like, other than the family. Yeah, because like that is her entire world at the moment, yeah. I suppose. So it's it's good to get out and, and you know, 
use your brain for something. And, and you know, Meg is quite intelligent. Yeah, definitely. And I think she can she can go really far with this. Yeah. And she's inspired. So, you know, I think it's going to be a really exciting year for us. But the, um, the end result for me has been I've had more time to myself because she's been out at night twice a week studying, mm. um, going to night classes and things. Um, but the funny thing is I've been so, like, sort of overwhelmed with other things going on in my life between my work, my studies that I mentioned in the previous episodes... And, um, you know, being a parent that I don't have a lot of energy or inspiration left for gaming. So I haven't done a lot of gaming. That's recently. okay. I think that's yeah, okay. Like this is, of... this is, you know, we're adults and this is game life balance. So yeah. it's kind of good that, you know, you're balancing towards the family in sometimes. Yeah. These things ebb and flow, don't they? Yeah. You know, like you'll have times where you're really deep into games and you'll have times where you're kind of having like a, not so much a crisis, but like a moment of like reflection of like, well, what? What kind of games do I want to play? Is this the kind of game that I really want to play anymore? That's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to decide upon what my next big gaming, you know, dive is going to be. Yeah. What's what's the next thing that I'm going to really jump into and spend time on? And so, kind of in a in an interim period right now, so which is certainly not a bad thing. It's yeah. good because you you know, despite the fact that you have a family mm-hmm. you still get in quite a bit of gaming and sometimes you know yeah, you just definitely. need to take a step back and just go okay i'll take a break and when i get back into it you you'll probably you know feel the surge and you'll go yes i want to play this now yeah definitely so i'm trying to think of games that i could i could maybe um invest a lot of time and effort into i'm considering going going back into uh my old favorite um the temple of elemental evil which is a, a dungeons and dragons role-playing game um that is from the early 2000s that I mentioned in a few episodes. I think I mentioned, like, in the very early stages of this run of the show. Yeah, yeah, um, the Australia run, yeah. So I'm, I may get back into that, or potentially um, I've been looking very, very um, curiously at Fallout 4, wondering whether it's time for another Bethesda role-playing game. Did you want to finish The Witcher first, or have you kind of just kind of ebbed uh, off that? The, the Witcher is kind of... I've left the problem. The problem with The Witcher is I've left it too long. Yeah, you know, I, you don't necessarily have to go back and finish everything. No, and I don't think that I should. I don't think that I think this idea that you need to finish games that you start is kind of a false. This is what um, we were talking about last episode in Stream of Nonsense. Yeah. yeah, you don't need. You don't have to do that. It's good for a sense of completion. Yeah, but you know, once again, it's something that your brain does. It's like a, it's a persistent sort of thing where your brain says you have to finish what you start. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you, if you open a, a packet of biscuits, you probably shouldn't finish all of those biscuits. Even <laughs> if your brain says you need to finish these biscuits. Well, this is the thing, right? It's like maybe spending all that time playing this game just for the sake of beating it isn't actually a very good use of your time, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so I've been spending my time in other ways. We've been watching a lot of movies, my wife and I. Yeah. So we've watched things like um, uh, Batman vs Superman. We watched the entire Harry Potter vi- uh, movies, like over the course of about, about a month or two. Oh wow! We worked, You've watched all of them now. We worked through, yeah, because I watched them with you and yeah. and, you, and our friends and, um, uh, years ago now. Yeah, it was like three or four years ago. Yeah, I it think. was really really fun. You've never seen them before, and yeah. we watched it at mostly my place, I think. Yeah, mostly your place. Yeah, and yeah. I made something called Butterbeer, which is from the Harry Potter series, except the way I made it was highly highly alcoholic. Yes, <laughs> I did miss the Butterbeer, but I will say that I did enjoy it, and it's probably because we have our new fancy TV now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
bolted to the wall so and I can't steal it. That's right. And we've been playing the Lego Harry Potter game. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. with Meg. So so did you get more out of it the second viewing? Like, did you kind of understand and yeah. like, get some of the B characters and go... Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. I like, Put it this way. I now... When they cast spells, yeah. I know what spell they cast. Ah, okay, cool. You know, and I'm like, oh, like when Harry uses like you know, um, like a really nasty spell on someone, I'm like, oh, he's using that. You know, like, like the um, what's it called? The the spell that um, uh, that Snape. Um, a dava cadaver or something? No, like that, no, no, or? not not that one. Because that's 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 that's, that's a like ba- killing that's people. That's a baddie. That's spell. like going up to someone with your wand and just like stabbing them repeatedly in the heart. The spell that that he reads in the um the Half Blood Prince's um book that's you know like the, the it's like the multiple cut spell like the spell that like slices someone up like seven times or something. Like yeah, that. I know the one you mean. I can't Except- remember what it's. Cool. Yeah. It's See, like, like the last time I've mm. seen those movies a couple of times, mm. um, but the last time I saw them was with you guys. Yeah. And we were, it's fair to say, a little inebriated. Yeah. So because was, of my butterbeer. So watching the second time through, I was, I realized how little I had absorbed <laughs> first time through because I had been a bit like you know let's say intoxicated. And we were also talking throughout those things and like making our own you know snide comments mm. about of, of certain. Of certain actors and, and and the like, as you all want to do with a group of friends. So I, d- I definitely followed it a lot more, um, enjoyed it a lot more, but also sort of found it very like interesting. Like the um, the Potterverse, if you will, mm. is it's this... got it's got very deep lore. The yeah, because I th- I get the sense that the first couple of books, um, uh, Rowling hadn't really conceptualized everything. But 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 she was forced to as the books went on. Yeah, I think she like the first couple of ones are just kind of setting up the world and the characters, and then yeah. when it was obvious that there had to be a story, I think by the end of three, I think she'd kind of the book, the third book, she'd really kind of nailed down how she wanted the rest of the series to go. Yeah, but hadn't worked out all the details yet. Totally, and and like things like the 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 juxtaposition between the Muggle world and the magical world. Is super fascinating and an, an endless source of speculation for me, you know. Um, so I've been enjoying that at this sort of philosophical level almost, but that's been fun. Um, other than that, yeah, just watching a few Netflix shows to working my way through Luke Cage. Doing everything except playing games, really. But uh, what about you, AC? Have you been doing some gaming? I've I've been pretty much like you know focusing what? on the family life stuff. And that's not that's not certainly not a bad thing. I, my yeah. family's not here to focus on, and I've been trying to distract myself but it's been kind of difficult because there's like i actually have a list of things that i wanted to do when i got back to australia mm. i thought i'll be i'll you know i'll put in all my effort and be super motivated and that was a lie <laughs> because <laughs> okay. it's like i do miss my family a lot mm. when they're not around and i try and talk to them online and stuff and my work is also very very busy at the moment um yeah. i can't even t- say what i'm really doing either which is <laughs> you see like it's it's such a like work takes up basically like a third of your life mm. Mm. and we can't talk about it which yes. is it's quite frustrating because this is <laughs> game life balance but because of the nature of our jobs and mm. trust me Dear listeners, it's not that particularly interesting what no. we do. We don't is, work for a spy organization. No, it's like, nothing like that. It's yeah. just that we can't talk about it because we're 
we have a code of conduct where we're not really allowed to to kind of mention stuff like that mm. under pain of torture. <laughs> like we could technically, but we'd be stepping on all sorts of grey areas. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not really comfortable doing that. And plus, yeah. it's not that interesting, as I said. Like you do not want to hear like the the details about my job. It's really not that interesting. Mm. So uh, I have been coming home, and rather than like. You know, people are going, oh, you got to watch Netflix. you got to watch all of these shows. There's like this great show, Stranger Things. Or, no, Strange Things or whatever. Yeah, yep. I think it's called Strange Things. Yeah, um, Stranger things. things. And like, it's set in the 80s and that sounds right up my alley. But I'm just not in the right headspace at the moment, I think. Mm. Um, so I've just been watching a whole lot of gaming, uh, YouTube and hardware, like a gaming console hardware YouTube channels. I'm learning about the Amstrad computer at the moment, oh, um, which is actually quite fascinating. I love that era of uh, microcomputers in uh, in Britain, mm. like the the, the Speccy, the Spectrum yes. ZX81. Yeah. And I love hearing about how they all interacted with each other and competed with each other. And it has no relevance to me whatsoever because I just had an Apple II here in Australia. Mm-hmm. But I like that history nonetheless. So, I mean... You know, watching a bit of that. But as far as gaming goes, I have actually been playing some games recently. Okay. Um, I have been playing more Doom. Cool. And I'm loving it. It's good, right? It's so good. But the Mm. thing is, like, I'm in a very different headspace Mm. every time I play it. Mm. So sometimes when I was in hell... Um, mm-hmm. I finished the hell section. I basically did all that in one night. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, and I had a great time there, but I didn't really explore the area a lot. Yeah, yeah. You have to decide whether you're going to be a completionist or not, I think. And, you know, I occasionally... Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard that, but there's some thunder and lightning going on in the background. Very, very frightening. <laughs> some some <laughs> Raiden, I believe, is the Japanese expression. Uh, oh, yeah, thunder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, lightning. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. Too many drinks before my, my <laughs> Japanese doesn't kick in properly. That's all right. But look, Doom is fantastic. But the best thing about it is that it doesn't matter if you're in two different headspaces. The reason I say this is because, like, uh, when I was going through hell, I wasn't in a completionist... I just wanted to kill things and move on to the next level. Mm. And I think it was actually quite late at night when I was doing that. And I go, I just really want to get to the next bit. I really want to get to the next bit. And I was having fun. Mm. But I just kind of wanted to move on. Whereas when I was playing it yesterday, um, and I'm back in the... Uh, in the back. It's Hell on Mars is the chapter. Yeah. And, you know, you need... I'm working towards getting the, um, the monorail to the other section... And I just up to that bit now, mm. but I explored so much of that facility because there's so much there where you look down over the ledge. Oh, there's another ledge and I can jump to that and that yeah, and that. Yeah. And then there's like, you don't need to do that because I knew where I needed to go, but I just thought I'll explore and get some armor. And then the other, the problem is for me sometimes is that I have no sense of direction. Mm. And then you kill a whole bunch of enemies like arena style. Yeah. And then it gives you a checkpoint. And then if I go away and come back, I go, I don't remember this. Where am I? Where do I need to go? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I got to the next bit and I'm, I'm, you know, got the yellow access card key and I'm, I, I just hit the last checkpoint where I'm on the monorail to the next bit mm. of the, um, the Ardent or whatever it's called. But, sure. And I'm having a lot of fun playing that. And I, I'm very tempted after I finished it maybe play it again on a harder difficulty setting because I'm on the easiest one at the moment just because I haven't played 
um, a first-person shooter, a modern first-person shooter ever, really, mm. I suppose you could say. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I mean, I played it on, the. St- I think, the standard difficulty. I'm not sure which... Don't 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 like ask me which setting it is, but it's the sort of like the the middle tier difficulty, and I found it very hard actually. At some yeah, point, yeah, I I still die um, quite a bit. Yeah, but I think there are things that I'm not doing. I think I need to upgrade my weapons more or something. And yeah, this yeah. just stuff that that is modern. Everyone else takes for granted, but mm. literally the the last first person shooter I played before this was probably the original Doom probably on like the 32X or something like that the Sega 32X there are some like conceptual similarities between between the original Doom and 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 this this version oh yeah 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 but it is it is a game that has learned a lot of lessons in the interim no there's 20 years of lessons it's learned yeah so And and it is very much trying to be this throwback but it's also trying to like take the best of what has happened in between and implement that into the game. So it's not just a uh, nostalgia piece. It's it's trying to be this combination of this old style of gameplay, like a you know, like um, uh, Serious Sam. That kind of like you know, it's a modern game, but it's it's harkening back to this old style. Definitely. Um, and I kind of I really appreciate it for that and mm. because I love the original Doom and I think it, it brings that back in such a way mm. so I'm really enjoying cool. going through that yeah but I'm not rushing yeah because I just want to play it I don't want to force myself to play it and go oh god I need to do this bit again I've just been playing it bit by bit by bit and be going along and I know a lot of people have finished it in like two or three days or something like that but I'm yeah. just I'm savouring it. Mm. And I'm savouring just the PC experience because I really enjoy playing games on my PC mm. at the moment. Um, yeah, that's cool. Because, I mean, you've never been much of a PC gamer, but it seems like this is becoming more and more It's of more a, of a thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, I haven't really been getting on Steam and buying more games, but... Uh, Neither have I, really. Uh, you know, I, I should... I should... I should be taking more advantage of my time alone without my family. But mm. to be honest, like my head isn't always there. My head is like, usually I am missing my wife and my beautiful baby daughter. Yeah. And that's, that's just the way it goes. Like they'll probably come back and I'll go, Oh, I really want to play some games, but I can't because the computer at the moment is outside the baby's room. Yeah. But <laughs> on the other hand, you know, it's, you yeah. just gotta, you know, I can, I can, you can only do what you feel like doing, really. Well, that's right. Yeah, and I think it's funny because whenever, whenever your 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 wife and your child are in the house, you're like, oh, all I all I would like is some time without these people in my life, so I could just play some games and stuff. But, but then when they're not there, you you miss them. You so. really do. I I, th- I think just them being around really elevates your your sort of um, just your enjoyment of things in general. Yeah, so, exactly. Because you, know, you you know you're part of your own family unit. Yeah. Which is weird. I, you know, I can feel myself becoming more and more like my dad every day. And that scares me, folks. <laughs> that scares me. Um, yeah. I played through Golden Axe last night. I'd like to say with friend and fan of the show, but that's a lie. <laughs> uh, he is a friend of ours, Charlie, um, who we both know very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's ever listened to an episode in his life. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he, I think he would like it if you listened to it, but he's just not a podcasting sort of person. Me. Gosh. And uh, Golden Axe on the arcade is actually a very short game. There's only like four or five levels. You know, you're on you're the first level, then you're on a turtle, yeah. Then you're on an eagle, <laughs> and then it's like before the castle, then you're in the castle, and then you kill Death Adder. That's right. Now, what's interesting about this is that I'm used to the Mega Drive version. 
Oh, okay. Yep, yep. So the Mega Drive version is not a one-to-one port, but it's no. pretty close. It's mm-hmm. not quite as good, but one of the great things about it is that uh, at the end, uh, there is actually another level after you beat the so-called last boss, and then uh, that level is actually not that well designed because I think it was done originally for the Mega Drive. Right. And like, there's a couple of really almost impossible jumps where you got to jump, you know, because it's not a platformer. It's no. a beat em up. No. So, I had a lot of fun just, you know, it's a short, irreverent game where, you know, you just... It's a very early kind of version of the beat-em-up, but mm. I really enjoyed playing through it with Charlie because we used to play it on his old 4.8 or 386 right. uh, IBM compatible back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been playing today... I have actually got some gaming in. Oh, cool. Uh, the Game Gear game Coca-Cola Kid. Right. And before you think, oh, it's some shoddy... Well, it is. It, it is actually a product tie-in. Mm-hmm. Add the game, if you will. Yeah, I mm. think it was released with the Coca-Cola edition of the Game Gear in Japan. So this is a, a Japanese exclusive. And it's not a bad game. Okay. It's fairly overt with Coca-Cola, like, but not particularly overt. Like, you're not... You, you don't need to drink Coca-Cola to keep your life up. Right. But you will, you know, the title screen says, enjoy Coca-Cola with the logo. Mm. And you will come across, uh, like, Coca-Cola drinks you can drink. But that's about it. That, that's kind of the extent of it. Sure. And I think Coca-Cola probably, like, regenerates your health or something like that. But it's kind of a, <laughs> a platformer. The controls aren't great, but the music is fantastic because I think it's been done by the same guy who did the original Sonic oh, for Master okay. System. Yeah, I'm yeah, not 100%, okay. but it really sounds like that to mm. me. Okay. So it's an interesting game that I've been playing on my Retro Freak and I kind of... I was I only tested it and I got up to world like 2.3, like 2.2 or something. The second level, the second world, and I kind of went, you know what, I'll, rather than just like ripping the, the cartridge out saying, I've played that game... I saved my progress. Ah. So I might go back and see what it's like. The controls aren't great, though. There's a little bit of lag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be erased if I actually played on the original hardware. Um, yeah, it's hard to know whether input lag is, is like the product of the software mm. or like your setup. It's hard to know. Mm. But know. it's kind of like Sonic because it is a Sega game. Yeah. It's kind of like Sonic in the fact that you can kind of take different paths, like an upper path, a lower path, and okay. switch paths and stuff like that. I so think that's a sign of a good a good platformer actually yeah is when you can take different paths to complete the level look that is always what excites me when when it's a platformer so yeah especially for something that's pretty simple Mm. and i think there's not a lot to this game but i want to explore it a little bit more uh because it is a a japan exclusive okay cool and uh, other than that, I bought the NES Classic Mini. Yes, I saw it. And it's. It, let me tell you, folks, it is very small. It's smaller than you'd think. It fits, like, not only does it fit in the palm of my hand, I can pretty much enclose my fist over it. Yeah, it's literally the size of, of like, your hand. Yeah. The, ma- the, the male hand, let's say. <laughs> uh it's fun. So, uh, I'd say about two thirds of the game are the same as the Famicom Classic Mini, which I also have. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, why did you buy both of them? I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but the, they have figured out how to hack it mm. uh, so you can add more games. And I think I kind of want to do that with the NES version. Okay. Uh, as for comparing them, it's a little tricky because uh, the games are different. One of them is in Japanese. I think. The NES has some really good classic games on it. Mm. Uh, 
And the Famicom does as well, but there are a couple of missteps on both of them. Right. Uh, and, I don't know, I've been enjoying... And it looks good on, like, a HD TV. Like, okay. it, it looks solid. So, I've just been kind of messing around with some of the games. I want to learn how to hack it so I can add some extra games and maybe just put, like, some of the, the best um, NES games and just have, like, one little model where I can just set up to a TV... The only problem is it only comes with one controller, whereas mm-hmm. the um, the Famicom uh, comes with both, of course, because that's just how the original one was was designed. So, yeah, all in all, um, I want to do a video on it at one stage and maybe compare it to the Retro Freak and say which one is better. Because are they comparable in cost? Or Yes, I think the, the Retro Freak is more expensive. However, um, you can put more games on it and it plays more game systems, like, you know, like five or six or seven or whatever. Totally. Ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll do a video on it, but I'll probably try and hack the NES Mini first to see what I can put on there. Okay. So I think next you have a quizzy quiz 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 for me. I do. So why don't we move on to our beloved quiz segment? Beloved. I love, I love Panda Stiffies. <laughs> All right, AC, in honor of Parodius, yep. our featured game, mm-hmm. I have put together a quiz, and I have not come up with a fancy, clever name for this okay. quiz. It's just a quiz about shooters. Okay. So, it's a shooter quiz. It's the Pandy... <laughs> pandy panda Stiffy Shooter Quiz. Sure. <laughs> All right, let's call it pandy that. St- <laughs> pandy Stiffy. Portmanteau of, uh, you know, Panda and Stiffy. Pandy. Sure. sure. That, I meant to do that. That was, that was genius level... <laughs> English right there. Yeah, you are you are a true wit. Uh, so, quest- did you say twit or wit? Que- ten, <laughs> ten questions, just general questions about the ju- the, the genre genre, yep, of shooters. Okay, so um, I, I expect you'll do very well on this. See, quiz. this is what what worries me. If I fail, you'll mm. go. Oh my god, I can't. It just well, some of the things in this quiz we've actually talked about at length in this very okay, episode so of the it, show. So. Is it true or false or? No, it's just general. It's all sorts of different questions. Okay. All right. Hit me, baby. Question number one. Uh, what was the first shooter ever made? What was the first shooter? Mm. The first shooter video game. I should mm. be because the first shooter was probably someone throwing a rock at someone. <laughs> like 10,000 BC or something. Like that. <laughs> I but, love that guy. Yeah. The, the first uh, shooter video game. Uh, what was it? Uh, computer space. So close. Do you want to try again? Oh, um, you got one word, right? Computer wars? No. no. Close. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't, space wars. Uh, yeah, you got there in the end, but I can't give any points. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. It, it was, was It was space war. Okay. With an exclamation point. Very important. In case you don't know what that is, that is actually uh, technically the very first arcade, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I knew what it was, but it didn't. Like, it was. It preceded Pong. It was basically kind of more LED. Yeah. uh, Rather than screen features. This is possibly the first video game ever. Well, I think there were video games like Tic Tac Toe and, like, uh, you know, people were having tennis on, uh, like, a. Oh, what do you call it? The uh, the green screen mm. with things that go back and forth. I can't believe I Pong? can't. Pong? No, before that. Uh, oscilloscope. Right. Yeah, like people actually programmed oscilloscopes to like um, play like very rudimentary games. Right. Uh, yeah, I got there in the end. I knew what it was, but I couldn't remember the exact name. But yeah, it wasn't popular. I no. will say that. Look, it was popular amongst like 
super nerds, but uh, Space War with an exclamation point. Developed in 1962. That is going back a ways. Yeah. Uh, and it did have a cabinet. And yep. it, it was mostly LEDs kind of... I think it was... It did have a screen, but it didn't work the way that you think it did. No. It was actually really interesting because the mechanics were kind of involved. You were fighting you were finding an opponent and you were actually circling around this, uh, this star that had a gravity mm. well. So, you were not only... Like trying to shoot each other, but you were combating this like the like, gravitational the force yeah, of gravity. Yeah, I've so, seen videos of it, but I've never played it. I don't. I don't even know because it was more mechanical than it was. Yeah, computer. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it was. A, this, we're going really into the old school with that one. But there you go. I should have known that. I feel stupid. The All first right. shooter game ever made was Space War. Question number two: True or false? Mm-hmm. The bad guys in the nineteen ninety. Vertical scrolling shooter Raiden mm-hmm. are called Cranassians. Is that true or false? Uh, true. True. You are correct. Points on the board for you. The uh, the baddies in Raiden are indeed called Cranassians. Although it really doesn't matter. I mean, no, it, no. It's I, I don't think it has an involved story. No. The, the story is you are a plane shoot things. It's a good game though. I re- I really do love Raiden. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a really good shooter, definitely. So check just that one out. The power the power up that you get are just intense mm. in that game. It's one of the ones actually just off topic, but um, when I first saw that game at an arcade machine, I was like really impressed. Yeah, you so, go, whoa! Look yeah. at look at the massive laser that tiny ship is firing out the front. Definitely. So yeah, very impressive game. Uh, question number three. What made the 1979 shooter Galaxian mm-hmm. stand out from the crowd? What was it about what was it about Galaxian that made it so special? Uh, let me think. Well, I mean, you could have oh, Galaxian. Uh, it was in color. Correct. You get points for that. Color was the uh, the primary thing that made the game special. Look, it wasn't the first color game, let's be clear, but it was a game that made a lot of use of color. It used yes. color for all sorts of things. It's also um, uh, interesting to mention that the game that preceded that, uh, Space Invaders mm. by uh, Taito, which kind of uh, solidified the, the vertical, I think it was probably one of the first mm. kind of vertical shooter genre, mm-hmm. um, they actually had black and white TVs. However, they had uh, kind of cellophane... Yes. Colouring over the inside to make it look like it was colour, but it mm. wasn't actually colour. So Galaxian was very impressive. I mean, you got to remember, this is 1979. Yeah, no, I, I had, I'm still impressed. They, we were talking about colour sprites, explosions that happened in colour. Mm. Um, very impressive game. So, um, yeah, okay. there you go. Question number four. The popular shooter Salamander, uh-huh. released in 1986. Yep. Uh, it was released in the United States under a different title. Life Force. Correct. There you go. <laughs> Points for you. Yeah, Life so, Force. Yeah, I have the original yeah. Salamander Famicom cart, and it is... Mm. That game's kind of disgusting, because you're yeah. kind of inside, a, inside like, a, a giant snake yeah. salamander sort of thing, and yeah. you, you're, like, you're destroying the, the, cell, the cells of, like, the inside of this, this organic body. It's very icky. Yes, I, yeah. I think um, I can't remember which one's harder, but I think the Life Force or Salaman. I can't remember which one, but one of them is harder than the other one. Hmm. It's a Konami shooter. Yes, there you go. Well, well done there. Question number five. Now you will definitely get this. Mm, okay, 
Name the arcade shooter that features different coloured bells as power-ups. <laughs> okay, Twin B. Twin B, there you go, yes. Yep. It's a bit of a giveaway there. Yeah, Twin B's, that's a very interesting mechanic, I think. It's a game you... that's worth knowing about, though. Yeah, you, it, know? It, uh, you know, because what happens is when you shoot them, they change colours, and mm. depending on the colour... Mm. Uh, is the power-up. But when you shoot them, they actually fire up the screen a bit and then you've got to wait for them to come back down. So if you're continually shooting, mm. they'll eventually just go gold mm. and they'll just give you points rather than power-ups. Yeah. Obviously a massive influence on Parodius. Yes. So, yes, yes. Um, not a game... Twin B is not a game that actually innovated a lot, really. Like, it was pretty much just another vertical scrolling shooter. But it was cute. But it was cute, and it had this bells mechanic, which seemed to really capture mm. people's imaginations. So, uh, do check that out if you have the opportunity to do so. So, mm-hmm. moving on, question number six. <laughs> this is one of my personal faves. Okay. The mediocre shooter action fighter for the Sega Met. Sorry, for the Sega Master System. <laughs> okay. Yep. 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 The mediocre shooter action fighter for the Sega Master System is a ripoff. Of what popular arcade shooter? Spy Hunter? Correct. Correct. Spy Hunter was the inspiration. <laughs> inspiration. It was a, it was a direct rip-off. It's, a, it's an absolute rip-off. Like a shameless You've rip-off. You've finished it though, haven't you? I've seen yeah. you do really, really well at that I have game. this like, uncanny ability to do really, really you have well. muscle memory from like the, like yeah. the early 90s. Yeah, Weird. it's funny how when you play a game, even if you're 10 years old... Somehow, if you play a game enough at that age, it will stay with you for the rest of oh, your life. Oh, yes. So, um, it is like riding a bike, basically. Um, I'm very, very good at action fighter. Which is so... <laughs> not really something you can do to, you know... It's not much of a claim to no, fame. No, it really anything. isn't. I'm no. sorry, but no, it's not. <laughs> All right, question number seven. Name the popular Japanese Bishoujo bullet hell shooter series that features protagonists... Re- I'm going to massacre these names. Okay, yep. Reimu... Hakurei mm-hmm. and Marissa Kirisame. Oh, I don't know this. I don't know this. Uh, oh. Remember, popular Japanese Bishoujo bullet hell shooter series. Oh, you know, you're going to tell me I'm going to go, oh, of course, but it's it's not coming to me. I was going to say Arrow. No. Arrow Wings, but no. I don't, Sonic Fighters. I don't think it's that, though. It is the Toho Project. I wouldn't have got that. Or Project Shrine Maiden. I know about this game series primarily because I have a friend who's very, very deeply, very deeply invested in Famicom. It's basically like a like a Dojin, like a like a fan made kind of thing. It's this it's this dude Mm. or like dude with friends, not on Super Famicom, who makes these bullet hell shooters that have become their own little like. There's this fandom around them that is its own weird thing um but they're super popular and like it is very much bullet hell like a lot of people throw the word bullet hell around yeah. really nearly. this is true bullet hell i've not heard of this actually yeah. I, th- I think i maybe perhaps very vaguely at one point but didn't investigate it but yeah, yeah no this is not something i'm familiar with imagine a screen where almost every pixel is bullets <laughs> and you're just desperately dodging around them yeah. that is what this game is it's 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 a very intense Okay. Uh, shooter games. So uh, check them out. There's a whole bunch of games in that in that genre. So if you're into shooters, um, recommend Toho Project. Question number eight. Name the 1982 vertical shooter 
that allows you to drop bombs on ground targets and features Nazca Lines style drawings on the ground beneath you. Oh no, I was going to say Xevious, but... Well, if you did say Xevious... Yeah, I think that's the only one I can really remember. You would be correct and get points for that because it was in fact Xevious. I remember that was one of the first to drop bombs and I know it was 82 but I don't remember the Nazca lines so, so side side um, note here mm-hmm. a lot of shooters from this period end with us you've got Gradius yeah Perot- you got per- well I mean well, Perotius, Perotius, yeah, but Xevious yeah. yeah. um, you've got what was the sequel Gal- you know well not Galaxian but um, you know there's this sort of like us ending thing going on. Which is on, interesting. Right? I don't know. Like, there, there isn't anything in particular that makes that special in Japanese as far as I know. No. Which is where a lot of these things came from. But, you know, maybe I'm missing something and I'm, I'm just not aware of it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Xevious um, okay. was... I'm not sure whether Xevious was the first game to allow you to drop bombs on people. You must have been pretty close. Like, Xevious was a pretty early on vertical but shooter. A lot so. of people speculate that game was set in Peru because of the Nazca style um, line drawings that you see on mm. the ground as, you, as you're flying over them. You'll see these big, like, sort of images of, of eagles or men, things like that, which is interesting. Which is That's kind of very cool. much um, influenced by the Peruvian um, yeah, sort of Nazca lines. Mesoamerican cultures. So uh, there you go. Question number nine, yep. moving on. Which popular horizontal shooter series features Opa Opa as the protagonist? <laughs> Uh, that would be Fantasy Zone. Correct. And Fantasy Zone 2. That's right. Very well done. Fantasy Zone, the, the Fantasy Zone series. Yes. Now, what is Opa? We've, we've delved into this a little bit. <laughs> Opa Opa is some kind of fucking mutant freak ship. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was almost like an early Sega mascot. Yeah. Probably caught on more than Alex Kidd even did. Sega seems to have been like perennially focused on trying to find a mascot and never really quite getting there <laughs> until, until Sonic, until Sonic yeah. came along. Yeah. Yeah. Opa Opa like, is it kind of like a, a ship with wings, but maybe it's organic and also has legs when it walks along the ground. Yeah. So <laughs> I often wondered whether Opa Opa is a ship with legs or a dude inside a ship with holes cut out for like his legs, like Fred, the, Fred Flintstone yes, style, exactly. like running along the ground. Exactly. I don't know. I don't think that. I don't yeah. think Sega even wants to like go back there and <laughs> tell us. It's like, we'll leave it up to your imagination. It's a mutant mm. freak ship. Who knows? Okay, last question. Question number ten to wrap up this heinous podcast. Name the Atari twenty six hundred shooter that involves flying a jet down the canyon. Of the river of no return, and and yep. for a bonus point, okay, which European country banned the game shortly after its release? Okay, that is River Raid by Activision, and Germany banned it. Correct, correct. Double points for you, AC. So you've done very well. West Germany at the time we didn't have yes, a West Germany. Germany. I probably shouldn't have the bonus point. This for that was one. this was the uh, still deep in the Cold War period. Yeah, they had a habit of uh, banning anything that had that had any kind of violence in it. Yeah, that's right. They banned the game because the uh, and I'm quoting here, the ship, the the plane had an aggressive nature. <laughs> Which it was a shooter for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah, you could barely make out the fact that it was a ship or that it was a river. Yeah, but it's it's not a bad game. I mean, you know, for the Twenty Six Hundred. Mm. Um, it is a pr- it's a it's a solid game, and I should give props to I think the name of the developer the 
the primary um, sort of genius behind that game was uh, a woman. Yeah, Carol was. Shaw. That's right. I think. Yep. So um, props to her because you know a lot of women don't get credit for um, the work they've done. Mm, she did one of the the first home console shooters. Yeah, and this is very admirable. This nonsense that 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 men somehow are more predisposed to to imagining violent things. I mean, here's a woman who's decided to make this game where you should blow up things <laughs> pretty much like constantly. Um, so there you go. Um, so River Run. Yeah, River Run. Okay, so fi- uh, you were right. Uh, eight to me, two to you. Yeah, I knew this was playing to your strengths, but I thought this would be more beneficial to our listeners who may not know these things. Yeah, I mean, so- you know, it's like, it's not really meant to be about winning or losing or embarrassment. Really, It's kind of an educational segment. Absolutely. And it's kind of funny if I do lose because mm. I get really aggro about it because, yeah. you know, <laughs> sometimes like, you know, Aside from wanting to win, I like to think that my history on video games is pretty sound. Fully. And, you know, I think what we've learned more than anything today is the shooter genre is just, like, such a deep part of video games. Like, you can't really separate the history of video games from the history of shooter games. Shooter games are such a core part of what makes this genre what it is you know like so yeah the fact that one of the very first or the first arcade game ever effectively was a shooter Mm. kind of you know really tells you what people were thinking of and you know what kind of things that people wanted to play at the time absolutely so you know love them or hate them uh shooters are here to stay so with that ac we've come to the end of our beautiful now you said i could read it in 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 the queen's english and when i say the queen's english i mean me impersonating and doing a dodgy job at that the queen i definitely didn't say that but sure go ahead in writing it says dear ac we think that you do a very admirable impersonation (laughs) impersonation of a panda with a big stiffy (laughs) This is such a, this is such a bad. <laughs> All right, such a bad version. We play. hope, we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, <laughs> the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Go to the website gamelifebalanceaustralia.com uh, for the podcast feed, blog posts, uh, video content, and there is some new video content. I did, as I said, I did a, a video recently about the Sega Lock-On. Yeah, the laser tag set from the 1990s. Bit of history and a bit of memories from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you will also find links to our sister show in the US. Now you can follow Rob on Twitter at Reported. I am at Prod Tally one word and if you enjoy the show rate us on iTunes rate us big rate us hard big and hard please actually actually you should you should go in there you should rate us and say the best panda stiffy talk <laughs> on iTunes because uh, actually don't do that now someone's going to do that but rate us five stars if you do that totally fine just rate us five stars if someone comes across that review, that'll be really fantastic. Because <laughs> they'll go, wait, what? Game Life Balance Australia, they're talking about panda dongs? Oh, dear. Well, if you can't tell, we've had a few drinks. but um, <laughs> I haven't. I'm completely sober. But look, until next time, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for more of this uh, highbrow content. This was Game uh, Life Balance Australia. See you next time, guys. Hey, Rob. Just like we, we kind of missed an opportunity with like with the with the panda stiffies and dongs mm-hmm. and dicks and mm-hmm. pricks. Yeah, we should have called it the panda wang because he's, he's you know Chinese. Yes, that's true. Wang. Yes, panda wang. I see what you're going for here, <laughs> and, I, and I love it. Ah, uh, you love panda wang. <laughs>